0: Uh, It was just a whole different animal until I had my kids. And then you start to realize, like, wow, what am I going to leave them? You start thinking about this earth and what you inherited in terms of values, what you inherited in terms of what this world
1: means to you. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this gentleman. On. I've been wanting to have him on for years. Such an awesome guy. We're going to be talking about fatherhood football, the great work he does in the media world, and also the website and Project Transition. A lot of great things he's going on. It's none other than Marcellus Wiley. Thanks for taking the time, sir. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm sorry to hear that it's been years in the making. <laughs> and I just I just got the email last week, it feel like. <laughs>
1: No, I just I just know you're a busy guy. I know, like, you know, because especially, you know, from your time from the NFL and now to media, you're doing so many things. And obviously you're a good dad. you got to balance work, family, and everything that you're doing. So sometimes I pick the time when I think the time is right. Yeah, and your team was great. I'm just saying, like, for years I wanted to get on the show because I'm a big fan. My, uh, my mom, God rest her soul, and my sisters are big Bills fans. So it's like having you on and be like, hey, I talked to Marcellus Wiley. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad for the first time, sir. What was going through your mind?
0: Oh, first time going through my mind. Uh, it was a weird time in my life. Uh, I'll be brutally honest with you. I was like 24 years young. And I never thought about having kids at that time. I was like, my mother had my sister and me at the age of 17 and 19. Uh, she went through a lot. Uh, she went through a lot of trials and tribulations. We were, grew up on welfare. People told her that she not only had wasted her life, but her kids weren't going to make much of their lives. Uh, We were the statistics of the inner city, Compton, South Central, et cetera. So it was weird. Like, it never crossed my mind. And then I had a friend. And my friend wasn't the most stable of people, but uh, he was having a child. Uh, And I remember talking to him about it and his experience, and it changed his life. And he just got on the straight and narrow and became a whole different man. And I somehow, some way kept just circling that thought to the point where I manifested it. Like I was like, if that if he can do that, then <laughs> me, I could be an amazing dad. I was just thinking to myself in a weird way. But I think that's where, where it was mentally. I was just like, I'm in the NFL. Um, I got stability to a degree in terms of, look, I live in L.A., but I play in Buffalo. I could do this. Um, And my child's mother, uh, Kim and I, uh, we really pursued having a baby pretty fast. Um, And looking back on it, man, there's so many blessings and beautiful things, but also some regrets and some different course corrects I would have done. But That's where I was at that time. My first child who is now 24 uh, just graduated from UConn undergrad, Columbia grad school and works with the foundation. So long time, man, but it was a beautiful moment.
1: Congratulations to her. love that. I love the honesty. And I, you know, I definitely appreciate that, but you know, especially, you know, your mom and you guys, you know, your, your sister and you being like, Oh, your statistic, you know, you're gonna, why are you wasting your life and her life and all the, and it's just like, wow. But like, people know your story man you keep on rising to the top on different like going to the NFL is one thing all right like getting there is is tough you see the statistics all that and for the career that you had is another you know respectable thing for you to like hey how long did I play like longevity right then you made it to the mountaintop in the media world right and it's not that easy to get in there I was in radio I know like all the the trials and tribulations and all that but you just didn't make it in one area. You made it in many areas in media. So I just love the fact that you're like, I don't care what people statistics are going to throw at me, people, the naysayers, all that stuff. For you, you know, I'm guessing hard work is one of the values, but talk about some of the other values you're looking to instill into your kids. Yeah, I mean,
0: hard work is obvious. I mean, some of the tried, true sayings, every locker room in America, dedication, desire, determination. You're like, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I don't see perseverance enough when I – talk about things that are truly important to success. Um, Just continue to move forward, continue to evolve, uh, continue to grow and don't stop. Um, I think that's a huge one. And this world its so easy to get discouraged, especially if you stay out of your lane in terms of comparing yourself to others and their growth and their success, or you're not focused inward on who you are and your true inner power. So I always tell people that, Everything I want out there is already in here. I just got to go get it. Um, And we know what that is. You're your own best friend. You're also your own worst enemy. And when I tell kids that all the time, I I go to schools, I visit and talk to them at the assembly. Who's your best friend? They're like, Tom, Jennifer. And I'm like, no, 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 stop pointing. (laughs) It's you. And obviously you're also your worst enemy. So I've learned kind of the science of life. I've learned to always compete against myself. And look, it's still a struggle to do because you take your hands off the steering wheel, you look around and that's what takes your attention. But I constantly make sure that I point it inward. And I've just learned that if I want it, if it's planted in me, if it's something I conceive, all I got to do is believe and I will achieve. So that's where I've been.
1: Love it. Yeah. You have something that I think a lot of parents struggle with about teaching their kids to like, not look at FOMO and not look at all around. I mean, heck I'll do that too. And whatever, you know, whether it's podcasting, whether it's other things that are people maybe are comparable to me, I'm comparing them like, Oh, they got this. They got like, what am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden, like you said, like you take the hands off the steering wheel and you're just sitting there not doing anything or maybe going off the road because you still got your foot on the gas. Right. So that's a great mentality. let's kind of flip the script. What is something that your kids have taught you about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the reflection. It's to look at life through a forward-thinking lens. Like, before, I used to live in the moment, you know, or sometimes, who cares about tomorrow? Like, (laughs) I'm 25 years old. I'm in the NFL. Just signed a big deal. I'm on Miami Beach. I'm good. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about, legacy? What do you mean? What are you talking about tomorrow? I'll wake up when I get up. Uh, It was just a whole different animal until I had my kids. And then you start to realize like, wow, what am I going to leave them? You start thinking about this earth and what you inherited in terms of values, what you inherited in terms of what this world means to you. And then how are you going to deliver that to your kids? And I, I mean, that's what changed my whole life was the fact that I couldn't be selfish anymore i had to be more selfless and i think the thing for me was i know in this world that if you like i said take your hands off the wheel we're naturally inclined to be negative. we're naturally inclined to fail and people were like what and i'm like let me tell you this get up and do nothing tell you how successful you're gonna be (laughs) now right so you do nothing in this world you're a failure, whatever that may be, because it takes so much work to become successful, right? And it's going against your nature to actually study, and to actually sacrifice, to actually do extra is against the grain. And that's why the rewards are so great for successful people. Same thing with negativity. And this is the one that people don't really hone in on enough, like, you can really materialize things in this world if you can battle the demons. Um, and those demons make you doubt. They make you get discouraged. And so what I've learned from my kids as well, because they're so resilient. No matter what happens to me, no matter what happens to them, they'll bounce back. Like, you yeah. come in from a bad day, they don't care. You come in from a bad game, they don't care. <laughs> like, anything. Like, so... It's the same thing with negativity. It's like you got to make sure that you battle to be positive. you got to make lemonade, because if not, take your hands off the wheel. You're naturally inclined to doubt. You're naturally inclined to be negative. You're naturally inclined to compare to that person and think you're lesser than. It happens to all of us. But the true battle is you overcoming those normalcies and then making sure that you succeed.
1: Love it, myself. nice. And one more question before we get into just your career and media and football all good stuff and your foundation. Talk a little bit about like a dad hack or piece of advice you'd offer to maybe new dads or just dads or parents in general that you've found that works for you.
0: Ah, uh, I would say meet them where they are. And what that really means is understand you're still learning, you're still growing. Imagine a newborn, Imagine an eight-month-old, imagine an eight-year-old, like, relax, no manual, you're going to make mistakes, they're going to make mistakes, take deep breaths, and don't get frustrated at these kids. Create an environment where they feel like they have complete freedom, and that complete freedom is known because they also know there are restrictions, there are rules, right? How do you know you're free? It's relative to knowing that I can't do everything, but <laughs> I can do so. Like, you know you're free because you're like, I could just turn around. I grew up in a uh a one and a three-quarter bedroom apartment. Wow. I don't know why we didn't get to there. We didn't have that fourth wall, right? So sorry for that. Um yeah, so we didn't have a fourth wall. So we I remember on the on the listing, it was like one and three-quarter bedroom, right? And I remember not being free in that room because my sister drew a chalk line down the middle. This is her side. Yeah. And I remember like, couldn't even turn around and be like, this is my room. She's like, no, you're on my side. And you got to create figuratively all the freedom you can for your kids. Like let them roam. One of the greatest moments I had is we had a, a get together in my house and one of my friends came by and said, man, Look at all these kids. Because I have get-togethers, and they're adult and kids. I don't I, I, don't say leave your kids at home so we can have a good time. Like, no, we're going to have a good time, and the kids are going to be here. We're going to learn to coexist. And so the kids are running around, and adults are having fun, and everyone's babysitting everyone's kids. And my friend came up to me and was like, man, this is beautiful. And I said, what? He said, look at these kids. They look so free. Like, they just, they chilling around us. Because, you know, we're from the generation. My mom would be like, sit down. Go over there, get away. What are you doing? And I'm like, mama, I'm trying to learn to live. like (laughs) this. So it's just fun to give your kids the fertile ground to grow into whatever they want to be. Give them that freedom so they can do it.
1: That's awesome. Put them in the fertile ground so they can grow. Love that, Marcellus. Nice job, man. So let me ask you this. You know, I mentioned obviously getting to the plateau, the highest mountain for the NFL, and then the many great places you've been on with your career in the media. Which was a harder transition for you? Was it from college to the NFL, or NFL to the media?
0: Uh I think the the, the, the toughest was actually the hood to Columbia, and <laughs> that was number yeah. one. And yeah. then number two was the great point. Columbia, NFL. Um, I'm 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 weird in the sense of I really believe in myself, um, and that doesn't mean it's always going to work out. But anything I think I can do, I don't let anything else change that. Like, I just don't give anyone else more power than I give myself. And I don't give, I don't care if it's the stats. I don't care if it's some successful leader. I don't care if it's an entrepreneur. I don't care who you are. That's your story. (laughs) Beautiful. And I will adopt anything from it. But it ain't mine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna live my life. I got one lap around this planet and I'm gonna make it worthwhile. So uh I got discouraged like anybody else who will go through a transition, uh, but I will always fight back to make sure that I can make my dreams a reality. So that transition from like, an environment where everyone was playing ball and competing physically to now going to a school where everyone was complete competing intellectually and the competition wasn't with your body it was with your brain and it was between the ears and cats were geeked up and excited like i used to be in football games they were to go to class and challenge the professor i was like what and every kid walked around there like i'm gonna make it joke don't you worry about it and it won't be on the nba or nfl quarter field and i was like wow and they had that deep belief. So seeing all those different ways up the mountain, up to the top of the mountain, made me just really have a, a greater perspective and a deeper belief in who I was. Nice. Right.
1: So you mentioned, you know, maybe the toughest transition was from where you grew up to go to Columbia, and you also mentioned something that was that was really I thought a great thing and just very powerful. Is like no one's got power over me except for me, right? Is that something you learned while you were growing up and that kind of like helped you narrow and like almost put the like sometimes it's bad to put the blinders on. But like you put the blinders on and had your mission. You just wanted to, you know, make sure you made something yourself. Is that where you kind of like found that idea of like no one's got power over me except for myself?
0: Yeah, I learned it from just the osmosis of my environment and the people around me. Good, bad and ugly. Like I learned from the gangsters. I learned from my family, I learned from my parents, I learned a lot of lessons. And I think, you know, in our neighborhood, it was the gangs, the drugs, the poverty, everyone always talked about. And I was like, man, I could tell they don't really know what's going on around here. Because the worst thing isn't that. You know what the worst thing is? This low ambition. Like, everyone is aiming low. Everyone's defeated. Everyone's beat up. Everyone's seeds have been stepped on. All of their seeds of greatness, their hope, their dreams, they're just like at their edge. They're just walking around on the edge. That's why everyone's snapping. That's why everyone's mad. That's why you're yelling at your kid at the store. That's why you, it's so violent. I was like, it's nothing else, but people are not living out their dreams, right? You know, they got jobs, not careers. I had it all in my family, so... I was like, ah, that's what it is. So when people came to me with advice, I would first look at their results and then I would say, okay, so I'm going to listen to them for this level of lane, but not in totality because you would have fixed yourself. You would have done it yourself. So I'm a little kid that's just like taking it in and it made me come to this understanding that they helped me figure out my identity. And I figured out my identity, not in the traditional sense of who am I or who am I going to be, but I figured out my identity because the first thing I understood is who I was not, not who I was. I was not a gangster. I was not hard. I was not tough. I was not drug dealing. I was not going to do bad in school. So I learned who I was by who I was not.
1: Nice. And man, it's another great thing I think parents could pick up on too, where- you knew like, all right, person A that's talking to me, giving advice, I'm not going to go that route, but you're taking their life experiencing and using it as a benefit for you, man. That is like whatever age you realize in that, man, that is some fantastic work, man. People probably in their forties and fifties don't even do that now. We're like, oh, they take a look, you know, judging a book by its cover. Like I have nothing to learn from this person, but you at a young age, like, all right, I'm going to see what this person's doing, what the person's saying. And where, like you said, the end result or where they're at in their life. And I'm going to learn from their experience to make, you know, to mold me who I, I where I want to go, right? So that's, oh man, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I remember hearing that Bob Marley quote. I, I hope it's Bob Marley. Everyone used to say it. And they said like, you know, a wise man learns from others' mistakes and a fool learns from his own, right? So I'm like, man, like I, I got to learn from other people. And so, you know, I used to really walk around and this would really made me believe it. My friends used to tease people based on circumstances. Um, like, you know, if you're homeless or the the the, wine old, the bum in front of the store, they wouldn't listen to him. They would disrespect him. And I'm like, dog, he's still a person. Like, you know what I mean? We ain't got to be mean to him. We just don't give him no money. Like, I yeah. used to always get into these conversations. Like, why are you being mean to him, though? Because look at him. I was like, what do you mean look at him? If anybody used to be nice to him, he hurt him, right? And yeah. so I'm like, dog, what's wrong with y'all? And then literally because I would stick up for him, uh, they would drop a gem on me or something. I'm like, and then I wouldn't even share it. I'd just be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna keep i <laughs> like, yeah, "I'm gonna keep that game." And so, you know, like like everyone, we really know that. W- w- why would we discount somebody just because of circumstance? Like, you know, you got to give people their fair due and fair respect, no matter how it turns out.
1: No doubt, man. Love that. What What are you most proud of of your time in the NFL? Ah,
0: most proud Ah, first that i made it like literally like i don't think we articulated well enough like to make it to the league like drive down the street right now and before you get home in two minutes do a loop around your neighborhood you've driven by five high schools you've driven by two thousand football players like you're like and that's just your neighborhood. <laughs> this entire world is full of people trying to do what I did, and they only take eighteen hundred in the whole world, and every year they only take a couple hundred, and I'm one of them. I was like, oh, that's just, that's just love, man. Like, I can't even, I can't even fully explain, like, to make a dream realized like that. That was amazing. Um, my best story, my best moment, the one that makes me still want to cry is I was in the 11th grade, and I love John Elway. And I told my mom, I was like, Mom, can I get a John Elway jersey from Foot Locker? She said, how much? I said, $69.99. And she was like, boy, stop, move. So $69.99, obviously, we didn't have it like that. So you fast forward from the 11th grade to my first game ever in the NFL. and Who do I see in Denver, on the other side of the field, a few feet from me as I turn around? john elway it was that same jersey i wanted but this wasn't foot Locker, y'all this was seven elway the man the myth legend i was like i remember him sitting on the field like dog that was like six years ago and look at us now i was like what so anything that's crazy sounding to people i just giggle i'm like dog i've lived crazy moments and you can too if you believe it
1: man. It is awesome, man. I love Such an awesome – cut. like, the Orange Crush jersey was just phenomenal, man. Love that, man. Love it. Thanks. Love so, it. So, maybe this was right out the gate when you got into media and all that because just talking to you and your, and your confidence and knowing who you are. But, again, when you're trying to find your voice, whether it's in radio or TV, you kind of, oh, to me, like, feel things out, right? But then for you, like, when did you kind of get your own stride where you were like, Yep. This is, this is what I'm going to be focused in on. These are the topics that I care about. I'm not going to worry about like the the things that everybody else is saying. When did you kind of find your own groove and own path in the media world?
0: Yeah. um, I knew from Hello that I had to be myself. I used to always look at media and I didn't know the enormity of media. When I played, I, I frankly didn't watch shows. I didn't listen to all these people it weren't, that many shows like there are now and podcasters, etc. But you know, like, wasn't this major media uh, now? But I, I just wasn't really caught up in it. I was just doing it. I was playing. I was like, I ain't got time to watch somebody tell me how I play when I already know how I play. I play good. <laughs> like, why are you gonna listen to them? So I didn't get consumed in that. I wasn't a video gamer or anything. I, I just didn't know that outside world that was really directed at me. But I did know that there was a typical media person to me. Hello and welcome to Qualcomm Stadium. And I was like, I'm never going to be that guy. So when I got the opportunity, nervous as all outdoors, like anybody else, anxious, excited, stumbling over words, but I didn't have any issue expressing exactly what I saw the way I saw it. Like, I think one of the things that helped me was the confidence of going to a school like Columbia that i didn't doubt myself i wasn't insecure with my education i didn't have perfect english skills but if i say a double negative oh well that's how people talk like not this whole see when you're when you're doubting yourself and you do something wrong you go and exaggerate how bad it is because you're already doubting but me i'm not doubting i'm like all right People mess up and then people always assume, oh, he's just clowning. Oh, he's just trying to be relatable. Oh, that's just the Columbia goofy. Like they gave me passes and I took, I was like, no. And so that's what it was for me. I never had a problem being myself.
1: So it's so awesome you mentioned that where it's like, you know, you mess up, you just keep it rolling and people think like you did it on purpose one of the rules of radio, they said, like, if you mess up, just keep going. Don't worry about it. Because if you flub and you keep on, like, oh, well, I should have said this. People are like, well, that's awkward, right? So the fact that you know that from the jump, man, that was awesome. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. One more question. And, again, thank you for being gracious with your time. Before we get into the Father Quick Five, I just want to talk. Obviously, you know, you have a platform, and you're helping out people in different communities through your, you know, foundation project transition. And you do different events. Obviously, we're, we're recording this before the Super Bowl. But – You're gonna be doing events and helping out people in different communities. Talk about the inspiration and also too, how can people help out your foundation?
0: Oh, please log on to projecttransition.org. Our our foundation is to educate and empower the underserved. And that is done through, we have five different programs. Um, And just to kind of give you a high level view, uh, my role to becoming whatever I am, um, I want to decode that, reverse engineer that, and give that back to so many kids who, I think, like me, were forking the road. kids. It could have went wrong a lot of times and a lot of days for me, but it didn't. And I want to make sure I can bring as many other people with me in terms of making the right choices. Um, there's a value system. There's a belief system that I want people to understand that they have. They, they actually possess. And they have to tap into that inner power and amplify it for the world to see. That's how you make your dreams a reality. So like I said earlier, I talk about the science of life. There's just some things you have to do. And I try to communicate that to the kids because when I was growing up, and it's still a challenge for kids today, uh, the things that they know they have to do because they get challenged in their peer group, because it's not the cool thing to do, because you look a certain way, they don't. Do it. They don't fully participate in it. And even if they're doing it, they're not doing it with deep intention, right? You're hiding your books. You're, you're hiding that you're trying to do extra work. You're, you're, you're trying to hide from your friends that you're doing extra push-ups and sit-ups. Instead of that being the positive peer pressure that creates the inertia. So our foundation, we're doing amazing work with these programs and these kids. I give you a couple, for example. Uh, one of them is Beyond Borders. So we take kids from the neighborhood underserved and take them to five-star experiences, right? To the country club. You're going to cross. You're going to be in Beverly Hills. You're going to have that five-star dinner. You're going to go courtside to that game. You're going to sit in that sweet box because all I want to do is show you what affluence looks like, what the other side of the tracks look like. And then when you got to go back home, because I had to do it myself, your body's going to be there, but your mind is gone. You are already on a different level, different place, and you are going to make sure you aspire to make those things meet. So that's one of our programs that everyone loves. And another one is uh, Champions of Change, kind of everyone's coach. This one hit me, tearjerker in the backyard. My son is eight years old, and I can humbly say he can play some ball, right? He's better than me at eight, and I was damn good at eight. So I'm looking at this like – I'm not that dad that brags. I'm just like, I'm a realist. I'm like, yeah, he good. Like, you know, he is. He just is. So I'm looking at a more talented eight-year-old in my backyard who doesn't live in the hood like I did, who has resources. I'm watching him get specialized training and coaches. He got this support team. He has this backyard. And his daddy made it. And something made me think, what happened? What would have happened? If me at eight had to play my son at eight, and I was like, damn, that don't seem like a level playing field talent versus talent. Oh, there's much more to consider now. And that's just one generation removed. Yeah. Me going against my son. Look at the advantages he has. So we all know how the wealth gap widens." I think we're not taking enough understanding and consideration of how all the gaps are widening academically in terms of resources and tutoring and support, and also athletically in terms of all these kids out here who have coaches and specialized coaches, arm mobility coaches, et cetera. And then the kids in the neighborhood, they just go to the park and and ball out. So I'm trying to level the playing field in the classroom and outside on the field.
1: That is fantastic. And again, I appreciate you using your platform for positivity. We see a lot of people who have the means, but just feel like oh, I'm just going to go on social media and trash everybody else or just use the or just put some nonsense in there. So, again, the one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you out here was to talk about the great work you guys do over there. And again, it's yeah, like we need to be more compassionate. And like you said, like when your friends be hanging out and there'd be a guy that was like maybe homeless and you're like, Hey, this, this is a person that needs our love. And for you to see that now you're even putting that, like, there's one thing that was really cool Elway story, but then this you're taking from what you experienced and now you're making other people who might not have had those advantages now see like, Hey, this is what you can do. If you follow my blueprint or follow your own path, but you still have the same determination. So thank you very much for the great work you guys are doing over there.
0: No, I appreciate that, man. People always say, hurt people hurt people. And that's true. Yeah. But I'm trying to flip it. I'm like, hurt people need to help people. Like, I'm hurt, too, dog. I, like, I grew up like that, dude. And now I'm trying to help somebody. So somebody else doesn't have to go through that.
1: Love it, man. All right, we're going to finish off with a father put five. Favorite family movie. It doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a show that you guys are definitely, like, digging right now. Is there a movie or a show that you guys like to watch together?
0: Uh, the, the the answer to this always should be the one you've watched the most, right? Yeah. So it's not like our favorite. I don't think if I took a consensus, but it's the Grinch. These kids watch the Grinch at Easter time. Like it doesn't matter; they are watching the Grinch, man. <laughs> I'm like okay, so they just love that storyline and they know every single word, every single beat. So it's nice. the Grinch.
1: Nice. favorite artist or band you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to? Oh.
0: Uh, there's two answers one was ice cube and they were looking at me like daddy what are we doing like they still don't know ice cube <laughs> Like, y'all have no idea this man and his poetry raised me and it kept me out the streets because i was like oh if you're going through all that just to go to school i'm good <laughs> you know what I mean? like i'm good so um that was for for me that was a selfish one for them um Ah, my son hasn't met Patrick Mahomes. He's seen him. He's gotten a wave at the game. Uh, he wants to meet Patrick Mahomes. I'll make that happen. Uh, nice. Cooper Cup. He was pretty pumped to meet Cooper Cup. He yeah. loved that.
1: Very cool. Awesome. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be?
0: It's already happened, according to my kids. We went to. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we went to the Bahamas, and there's a place, new resort out there that's like three and one, Baja Mar. I'm giving them free promo because it's just beautiful. So they had the most fun, integrated, like amusement park, water park. But like you didn't feel like you just went to Raging Waters or like, oh, I had to dedicate myself there. Like you had a normal day, beach, pool, amusement park, water park. So my three-year-old and me at almost 50 both had the most amazing time at the same place. Like it was weird. And it's Baja Mar. Just go. Yeah. Cool it. It's insane that my kids were bugging me just 30 minutes ago on the drive home. Daddy, we going to Baja Mar. I was like, all right, man. So, yeah. I love <laughs> I that love.
1: See, that that is what, like, the memories are about when they can kind of reminisce and be like, oh, this was such a great time. You're like, that was worth it so awesome. And yeah. this is going to be tough. Maybe it can be whether it's, like, your time in media or your time in the NFL, but you can just share one of them. I bet there's a lot, but like most surreal moment, like for you, like you know, talk, maybe it is the Elway thing because that is freaking surreal. But like, is there an all besides that one you want to share another one?
0: Yeah, that Elway one is tough. I that mean, is
1: amazing a, though. That is so amazing though. Just to be it, like, it, uh, it really happened.
0: I'm like, this is like this is the power of uh, of belief, the power of life. Like, ah, so beautiful. Um, another one though, like surreal. Uh, I mean, look you'll get to meet bruce smith and like really go to his house for thanksgiving like who wants to eat i'm just staring at this man like this is the best ever. and i'm sitting he invited me over i'm not leaving <laughs> He'll be yeah. like i got a thousand of those junior say rest in peace you just hanging with him like this is my buddy now this is my boy like what is life <laughs> so all those but i give you one that kind of like it was funny um I used to go to the bank and cash my checks, you know, just before direct deposit. I'm old school. So you had to go in there, and I had this uh, work-study check. I think it was 300 bucks a month or something like that, right? So go in there every time, and I go to the same bank, 57 from Crenshaw. Here you go. She's like, hey, Marcellus. She didn't even have to look up anymore. I don't need my ID, basically. Like, here, Marcellus. Here's his $300. Put it in. But this time, I had been signed by the bills, and I got my... I got my signing bonus, a partial payment too, not even a whole bonus. And so it's funny because I got it framed right now That's in awesome. the game room. But I went there, and this time the check won three hundred dollars. It had a comma or two on it. So you look at it, wait. Ha, ha. So I get it live, and I'm sitting there like normal. She's like, "Hey, my son, how you doing?" And I'm like, "And I'm just waiting." I'm like five, four. <laughs> <laughs> and then she looked and she said, ah, girl, Marcella's rich. And then talking to all the tellers in the back. And, it's just, and she forgot I was there, I think. I was, and then I'm like, hold on, wait a was, I'm laughing. I'm happy. And I'm also like, we on Chris, y'all calm down. Like you, gotta, <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta stop playing. And so it was just so beautiful. She's like, ah. And they all wanted to take pictures and stuff. Like, they didn't care. They got robbed or not. They opened up the glass everything. i was <laughs> just so
1: <laughs> that is again just from oh, man there's so many great stories and like just ways that you've made it and, and just to come back and be like hey the good kid came back and he did it so i love that man
0: yeah uh, that was love. it was inspiring to all of us
1: so good and lastly top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad what would you want them to be oh man uh
0: top two words three Three words. Um, I want them to say that. God, this is so good. I want them to know that I was like emotionally available. Like I want to be like I always tell people I want to be naked emotionally. Like I don't like to talk to kids in lesson form. I see it all the time. People just only talk to their kids to teach them something, instruct them. No, show them that you done messed up too. So mm-hmm. I can impress you, as they say, with my my accolades and my success, but I can impact you with my scars. So I want my kids to know that daddy's emotionally available. Um, Two, loving. Mm-hmm. Like, man, my kids get tired of me just kissing them and grabbing them, just <laughs> rub their shoulders, like, just touch them on the head. Like, I am here because I know what it feels like I lost my mom in 2005 so I know what this cycle of life really is and there will be a day where we won't be together whether that's because of college and that displacement or unfortunately the way the world is we have to sooner or later go and we always talk about going to the sky so I want them to know that I'm loving like and the last thing is um I, I really want them to to think that I am ah, I don't even know if this is the right tense but like legacy to me for my family means like I want them to be like man my dad was the patriarch he really thought about our legacy he really set our family in motion changed our our whole life direction but legacy in this respect I want to be their inner voice like when they're when they're on the bus and their friend's like, hey, let's get off the bus, and then let's go down this alley, and then let's go to the store. And, you, and like, we ain't got no money. And he're like, let's go anyway. Like, I want to be that voice that's like, nah, that ain't adding up, you know? Like, okay, hey, hey, let's go to the mall. But we got this test tomorrow. Uh, we do when we get back, nah. I like, And that, to me, is really legacy. Like, inner voice volume. That's who I want to be to my kids, so they can know my dad really put a stamp on us in terms of who we are in our hearts.
1: That is so legit, man. Great three words right there. I love it. And again, just from our talk and just from the things you're doing with uh, Project Transition, man, it's so damn good. So thank you again for the time. I wish you and your family continued success. People follow Marcellus on Instagram at Marcellus Wiley. Go to his foundation over at projecttransition.org and also go to his website at marcelluswiley.com. Again, it's been such an honor chatting chat with you. Thank you again. I know you're super busy, but this was such an honor, man.
0: No respect to you, Art Eddie. This is amazing. What a way to bring the energy, man, and make sure we keep it positive. Help all the itty bitties out there. Love, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right.
1: Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, The Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net. And please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because i will greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to the artoffatherhood.net.